Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to a, you know, slightly delayed episode of Everyone's Business But Mine. I hope you guys are doing well. Although, if you've been listening to Beyonce's new album, I can't imagine you're doing poorly. Because that shit fucking slaps, okay? Summer Renaissance, pure honey, thick, bitch. She really did that. I'm so pleased at my, my sister and my friend. For doing this and this is only part one of three parts i truly cannot believe how blessed we are we're really going to be eating well this year and i i'm just so excited but that's really the end of the positive stuff you guys <laughs> so for this episode as you guys know i do like pop culture uh updates and what's going on in the world of celebrity news and then i typically do a recap at the end of it however now we're done with real housewives ultimate girls trip um i'm just going to be talking this week about it's going to be like a real loose chat about where i think the state of bravo is as of now so i'm going to be talking a little bit about Southern Charm, um, Real Housewives of Atlanta, although I'm not, I haven't watched the recent, the most recent episode of Atlanta, so, you know, I'll put a big disclaimer on that, my opinions are subject to change, and, uh, yeah, a little bit of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, so, uh, before we get into it, you guys, it is the first of the month, um, I don't really love to sell myself, however, listen, the facts are facts, um, if you, wanted to sign up for my Patreon, you can do so. And the beginning of the month is the best time to make the best use of the, uh, what you get access to. So I do weekly, 
episodes. So you get four episodes a month. Um, occasionally I'll do an ask me anything. The past two weeks I have done uh, profiles on Posh and Beck's David and Victoria Beckham. I did um, a an episode about the uh, drama and scandals that were surrounding Diddy and JLo's relationship. But there's also a ton of other stuff in there like everything from the entire Bethany Ever After, Bethany Getting Married series um, to to Candy's wedding, to Lindsay Lohan's um, Oprah series that she did in which she tried to have a comeback and it failed miserably. Um, incredible guests, just like anything that my sick mind um, gets a hold of is back there. Um, a lot of Ask Me Anything. So yeah, check it out. Okay, now I don't have to plug myself anymore. I can shake the cringe off. Okay, so with that, you guys, uh, let's get into today's news. Starting off with, I mean, all of these are girls. Every single one of these items are girls. So I can't even really, no, no one girl is bigger than the other. So this is like a true, a true moment, an unprecedented episode here at Everyone's Business But Mine. Um, Starting with Vanessa Lachey. So she and her husband, Nick, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, uh, host the Netflix show Love is Blind. Host really is a generous term for what they do. They really just pop in and out. Um, last season was a lot of Vanessa admitting, um, spilling some tea about the state of her relationship with Nick, which is actually, you know, pretty, pretty interesting in the post Jessica Simpson of it all. Um, but they're not really like, they're just like present. They're like a cool older brother and sister who have been through it and just are like kind of talking you through it. Right. So, um, she did an interview with Insider and they asked her about the lack of body inclusivity, lack of body diversity on the show. Um, if you guys watch season two, I mean, or really both of the seasons, like it's clear that um, the they cast people who are telegenic, right? Like you might not. I might not generally be attracted to them, but they're generally good looking people. I would say everybody on the show is at least a solid six, right? <laughs> um, with that being said, the trailer for the teaser trailer for season two seemed to also tease that there might be people with um, different types of bodies that don't, um, you know, that go above a size six in women's and, Really, unfortunately, all we really saw of those people were very early on in the show, mostly being featured as uh, a point to uh, shape Shake's character um, by seeing clips of him asking women, uh, could I put you on my shoulders at a at a music festival? Like, you know, what size would you, you know, like that sort of thing, right? Being really, really lame. So... Yeah, we really just saw like few and far of those, uh, you know, like larger people, um, even though they were on the show. And so Vanessa's response as to why um, there is a lack of body diversity on Love is Blind, she says that she often wonders if some contestants don't make it past the pod stage of the experiment because they feel insecure and they don't have enough time to make meaningful connections. Their whole life, they've been so insecure about being themselves because of this crazy swipe generation that we're in and this catfishing world that we're in, that they're so afraid to be themselves. 
Okay. Okay. So this is what I think is whack. Okay. Just like the, the painting a broad stroke, a broad brush, um, on, uh, you know, bigger people and just assuming that they're all quite insecure and that like they're, they have all these hurdles to get past. And so, you know, people aren't really seeing the real them because they're just riddled with insecurity and fat. Right. Um, I just think that's terribly lame. Danielle, who was one of the couples who got married last season, did uh, say she she had a response and she Danielle's like sort of in a an in-between like situation here. If you guys didn't watch the show, Danielle was definitely, uh, um, you know, quote unquote, average size or like on the thinner side on the show. However, she did say that she grew up heavier and that she's like still dealing with like the residual insecurities because of that. Um, but like, if you're saying Vanessa, that these people have a hard time getting past the initial pod stages because of their insecurity. And yet here we saw, uh, Danielle, who was definitely the most insecure person on that series. Um, you know, I think it really, I I just think this is really lame. I think it's really lame to say, I think it's really irksome to hear people who have always been thin and beautiful talk about what they feel like fat people feel or bigger people feel. And it's just, it really is like, you're more telling on yourself, I think, than what the actual reality might be. Everybody has their insecurities. And I'm not saying that like, no fat person has dealt with uh, insecurities because of their weight. Like, obviously, we wouldn't even be having this conversation if that weren't the case. But I also think it's really just lame to assume that every larger person is insecure and that like ultimately that insecurity is getting in the way of them finding love. Like the world puts the insecurity on you and the world is the thing that's in the way of people finding love. You know what I mean? (laughs) All right. Moving on to Mike of Shaws of Sunset. You guys know the last time I talked about him, he had been arrested for um, allegations of domestic violence against somebody. That person had not been named. However, he was um, at the time still with his then fiance, Paulina, who we saw on the show. So the assumption was that these allegations were made by Paulina. However, she had not herself stated as much until now. Um, So last week, July 20th, Uh, the Los Angeles city attorney charged Mike with various, a whole bunch of misdemeanors, including eight charges of domestic violence, battery, and unlawfully attempting to dissuade a victim from making a report. In addition, he's also facing another six weapons charges, including criminal storage of a loaded firearm and possession of an assault weapon. Um, like I said, Paulina has confirmed that she was the victim in this case through her lawyer who issued a statement who said, Paulina's primary focus is on keeping herself and her children safe. She supports the work that the police and the city's attorney's office have done, and she continues to cooperate with them while looking forward to putting the sad situation behind her and moving on with her life. Um, So if you guys also remember that Mike 
got arrested. And then a few days later, maybe two days later, Bravo announced that Shots of Sunset had been canceled, right? I don't think they're on pause like Dorinda is. Um, And, you know, a lot of people rightfully were wondering if there was a connection between these two. And, you know, many people were saying that it was because they just felt like the time on the show was done or the show's time was done. And, you know, maybe the ratings weren't that great. But I feel like... I have a theory. I have a theory that a lot of Mike's behavior is very similar to Ronnie from the Jersey Shore. Um, You know, I think people have just started or not really just started maybe in the past couple years have started to rewatch old episodes or old seasons of Jersey Shore and see how horrifically he treated Sammy and how abusive their relationship is. And we're looking at it through different eyes now than we were at the time. Um, And I think the same thing is happening or possibly will happen with Mike, where the behavior that we saw on the show was like, it was definitely capital F fuckboy behavior, but it wasn't quite this. But hindsight's twenty twenty, and looking back, unfortunately... I don't think that this information and this news is particularly surprising. You know what I mean? Like in the beginning seasons, he was kind of this like massively insecure, but like fake it till you make it. I'm the alpha. I'm the big dog in LA kind of guy. I can get all these bitches, blah, blah, blah. Cut a lot of girls, cut a lot of checks, right? I'm going to sell these baby shoes at Kitson. Like I'm a bad bitch. Um, And then he meets, what was her name? His wife. I can't remember the nurse, poor thing. Um, I feel like the cracks really started to show then because we all knew that he was like a player or whatever, but then she finally comes out with like, you cheated on me. And at that point, the, the wool was off of my eyes and the way last season went down with regard to Mike's storyline. It's so dark. You guys, it's, So completely dark because the season begins with basically everybody in the cast knowing that Mike had cheated on Paulina. They knew this because Paulina told everybody, sent screenshots, all the receipts, what have you, right? There was also some text messages, I think, sent to Paulina from some girl claiming like she had slept with Mike or something. And then Mike truly, it's so unwell, this behavior. So we're starting the season Everybody knew this shit going into the season. It had basically, like, he admits it himself. Paulina has these irrefutable, undisputable receipts, right? So everybody's, like, believing it. Somehow, Mike decides to turn this around because he figured out that the number that Paulina got was actually from, like, a spoof text. So, like, you know, somebody going through some sort of, uh, you know, internet program to be anonymous, And he then accuses Reza of sending these spoof texts to Paulina in order to insert drama here, right? But you did it. Like, he fully did it. And for him to admit it, everybody knows it, and then revert back to saying, like, I don't, this is just like some random person. I don't know what happened. And I actually am going to blame my friend for being the person to do it. 
what advantage would he have? I mean, that would be another title to Shaws of Sunset is like, what's your angle here? It's truly that cast member of alleged friends are the most diabolical things. Like they say things to each other and then go to lunch. Things that I would be in a corner rocking back and forth in the fetal position. If my friend ever said that to me, like it would be so detrimental. And yet they just like move on in a way that is I mean, all of them maybe need a moment with a therapist <laughs> for that. But I, fuck Mike. You know, the, the moral of the story is fuck Mike. Like, he's abusive. He's been abusive. And, oh, to my point, I think, you know, when they went back to Jersey Shore and they did the, the back to the shore, or whatever they call it, um, uh, you know, Mike had had a lot of abuse situations. He was in a cycle of abuse, abuse with his uh, girlfriend at the time, mother of his child. And I think... Bravo execs saw we can't do what the Jersey Shore did, which is like trying to act like the shit is cute. We just got to like nip this in the bud because we see where this is going and it's just not worth it. So that is my theory on why shots got canceled. Um, but also, fuck you, Mike. Like, d- disgusting. Disgusting. So like what we're hearing is that he did that shit. He tried to talk her out of it. There were weapons involved probably threats of violence against her. She has kids. They were living in the house with her children. They were like pretending like they were going to be like this happy family. And Mike had really ingratiated himself in these kids life as like a de facto stepdad. And like, ew, ew. I really hope that Mike gets the help he needs because like, this is dark. This is incredibly dark, but like I can always see a person like Mike going darker and like I said, once the the weapons get involved, that is extremely scary. And this guy, honestly, like, has been down the path of, like, I have nothing to lose. Like, his life just has not gone the way he thinks it should have gone. And I think that there's just, like, a lot of sick, dark shit behind that. So, get help. And I mean that, for real. Moving on. Another person who needs to get help, but in a very different way. Um... For some reason, JoJo and Candace Cameron, DJ from Full House and Fuller House, are beefing. Have you guys heard about this? <laughs> Let's get into it. I'm like starting to cringe because this is like embarrassing for me to talk about. And I'm not even in the situation. I'm just talking about it. But ugh, okay. Let's get into it. Okay. So if you guys are not on TikTok, there is a trend in which celebrities and non-celebrities are doing this like... Uh, um, superlatives, but negative superlatives, right? So, um, you'll do this thing where, well, let's just say in JoJo's case, she answered a series of questions and you're supposed to flash, take, put the picture of the person on your phone and then flash your phone at the camera real quick, right? So in this case, the question was, who is the rudest celebrity that you've met? And she flashed a phone. Now, the problem with this is or you know the thing that we can all love about this is the internet will do their googles they'll do their research they'll take the screenshots they'll pause they'll do slow motion reverse slow motion reverse until they get the answers that they want so obviously what people did is that now they're going through these celebrities (laughs) videos and pausing and trying to figure out who this picture belongs to right so People figured very quickly that the rudest celebrity that JoJo had met had been none other than Candace Cameron. 
sister to the other one, right? Those two. Those two are really up to things, aren't they? Kirk. Kirk and Candace. Oh, my God. Um, so this makes a lot of headlines. Candace has a, I don't know if you guys know, Candace has a reputation in her own right. Like she's very much her sister, her brother's sister, like conservative, Christian, um, smile in your face, but like say these really like nasty things to you, like that kind of thing. She um, got roasted to high hell for, I guess, uh, posting a video of her dancing to Born in the USA, the Bruce Springsteen song on July 4th, as like a, a freedom song. But we all know that that's not the point of the song. So she got roasted to hell for that. Um, she got roasted to hell for something else. And like people really went in on her. Um, cause she said something conservative and like, it kind of got traction, but then she acted like, Oh, am I the drama? Am I like the most hated celebrity in Hollywood? And everybody was like, girl, um, you're not a celebrity. So let's start with that. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so this picks up people start making jokes about Candace um there was one <laughs> Twitter one tweet of somebody posting a video of this is what Candace did to Jojo and it was an old man in a walker pushing a or kicking rather a child into a pool um <laughs> things like that so Candace comes out a few days later <clears throat> posts a five minute video about how shocked she was to find out this information. She had no idea what Jojo was talking about, didn't know what she had done to her, was like scrambling to try and get contact with her. Um, She's reaching out to her people. Her people are reaching back. So finally they end up having a one-on-one conversation. And she says that Jojo was super like, apologetic and humble about the whole thing was like I'm so sorry I didn't know that this was going to get picked up like this and go crazy um and this is Candace's telling of it now we have to keep that in mind this is Candace's version of the story that Jojo was so apologetic and was like I cannot believe this I'm so so sorry this was a situation that happened when I was 11 so Candace's version of Jojo's story is that this is Jojo's story, Candace's version, that um, <clears throat> Jojo had gone to the premiere of Fuller House and had tried to take a picture with her on the red carpet. Candace said something like, not right now. And Jojo felt some type of way. She felt hurt by that. So Candace goes on to say that Jojo's like, you know, now that I have been on the red carpets, I understand how crazy things are. You're being pulled in all these different directions. And I totally get it. Like I was just in my feelings as a kid and it stayed with me. Right. Um, so then Candace goes on and it was kind of like condescending or a little like, you know, wagging her finger just in that very like sweet but not like a snake tongue full of honey. You know what I mean? Um, She ends the video saying, you know, I feel like the lesson that we can learn is to be mindful that no matter how many followers you have, even a 10 second trending TikTok video can do damage because our words matter and our actions matter. Like, so 
<laughs> you being rude to her as a child is not the takeaway. But you getting roasted on TikTok should be the takeaway. You're an adult, ma'am. You're an adult. Okay? So here's the thing. Um, Jojo had to come out and say that Candace didn't really get all the, the, the details correct. So she did an interview and said, we did speak on the phone. She shared that in her video. Um, and she says it was at the after party that she didn't want to take a picture with me. And I was okay with that. But then I turned around and when I looked back, she was taking pictures of other kids. And she says, that's the part that made me really, really upset. And it was just one of those memories that always stuck with her. Now that's a very different from you being on the red carpet versus or being at the premiere versus being in an after party where ostensibly you should have a lot more time I would imagine and yeah maybe you are being pulled in a bunch of different directions but at the after party I think it should be a little bit loosey-goosey and a little bit more structured and I would think taking pictures with fans on the reboot of your show would probably be a good look for you, especially if that person has like a hella following. Not that that should be the reason why she should take pictures with her, but I mean, I would be devastated if somebody told me no and then they said yes immediately to somebody else. Like I would feel some type of way about that. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. And at like the end of the day, it doesn't change. Like she was being rude, right? Like it doesn't, like you should be taking away. Like maybe I should be more available to people, you know? <laughs> I guess maybe I'm not understanding what Candace is. I'm understanding what she's missing. I'm not understanding that she doesn't understand that. You know what I mean?
you know what I mean? Uh, let's move on to, oh God, I forgot. There was more drama because Candace's daughter, apparently she has a daughter, went on Instagram and like posted and deleted an own story about how, um, you know, saying no to somebody taking a photo with you is not a rough experience. This generation is so sensitive and has no backbone. There are bigger issues in this world. Grow up. <laughs> okay. Well, you had nothing to do with this. And also, JoJo's 19. And according to my research, Natasha's 23. Um, you guys are in the same generation. You guys are peers. You're age peers. <laughs> there's something like completely sinister about like the way conservatives have tried to and have weaponized this idea that the younger generations are sensitive or weak or can't handle the tough facts or something like that and then they're saying this at a trump 2024 party and saying that uh, trump is still the president and that legally he's going to be there any day but we're being more sensitive and we need to grow a backbone and i just think that's very funny to me okay let's move on um neo drama drama with Neo. Um, oh my gosh. So Neo's been married to a lady named Crystal Renee for quite some time. Um, things have been rocky between them. There've been breakups, there have been vow renewals and you know, it's not, life has not been a crystal stare. We'll put it that way. But, uh, Crystal speaking of, uh, went on her, uh, iOS, system and decided to post on Instagram eight years, eight years of lies and deception, eight years of unknowingly sharing my life and husband with numerous women who sell their bodies to him unprotected. Every last one of them to say I'm heartbroken and disgusted is an understatement to ask me to stay and accept it is absolutely insane. The mentality of a narcissist. I will no longer lie to the public and pretend that this isn't, this is something it isn't. I choose me. I choose my happiness and health and respect. I gained three beautiful children out of this, but nothing else but wasted years and heartache. I ask that you all please stop sending me videos or information of him, Neo, cheating because what he does is no longer my concern. I'm not a victim. I'm choosing to stand tall with my head held high. And if somebody can't love you the way you deserve, then it's up to you to love yourself. RuPaul said that. With no hate in my heart, I wish him nothing but the best. Crystal Renee. <laughs> and I would also like to say <laughs> that Neo liked the piss picture. <laughs> now, of course, this is, um, you know, very sad, very unfortunate. There are three children in this situation. Um, however, it's also, how do you say, maybe a little hypocritical. And I think there's a quote and correct me if I'm wrong, that quote goes along the lines of how you get them is how you lose them. And so we're going to have to go back to eight years ago and what happened there, shall we? Now, um, there is, there has been, a Neo has responded to this and I should say that he did respond by saying for the sake of our children, my family and I will work through our challenges behind closed doors. Personal matters are not meant to be addressed and dissected in public forums. I simply ask that you please respect me and my family's privacy at this time. We won't be doing that. Sorry, not, not over here. 
not over here. Um, so let's go back. Okay. To another world and another relationship that Neo was in with one Monietta Shaw. Now, those of you guys watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, scratch that. Real Housewives of Atlanta, Monietta is good friends with Candy. So she and Neo were in a relationship um, back in like the mid to that, like 2010 to uh, whenever Crystal stepped onto the scene. So she wrote a book actually and detailed her situation with Neo. Let's get into it, shall we? On October 9th, 2011, I delivered a healthy baby boy, my second child, Mason, and I finally felt my family was complete. So before the doctors finished up in the delivery room, I told them, I want you to burn my fallopian tubes. My fiance, Schaefer Shamir Smith, better known as R&B artist Neo, was right by my side holding my hand the entire time. The doctor must have asked us eight times if this is what we wanted, and each time we both replied, yes. Sterilization was something Neo and I discussed thoroughly in the months leading, months leading up to the baby's delivery. We had a daughter, Madeline, in 2010, and two c- children seemed more like, see soon, two, two children seemed like more than enough for us. Neo also agreed to undergo a vasectomy to show our mutual commitment to the relationship. So... After she gave birth to the second child, Neo was living in L.A., working in L.A., basically based in L.A., while she and the kids were living in Atlanta. She says in the book that she tried to talk Neo into having the whole family move out to L.A. to be together, but he was like, no, Atlanta's going to be a much better place for the kids to grow up, blah, blah, blah. And, um, she is also, while he's there, trusting in the fact that he was making good on his promise of getting a vasectomy. So she didn't follow up on that personally, but, you know, like they said, they had been having these conversations over and over and that was just the plan. They were in a good place in their relationship. So she thought and yada, yada, yada. So what happens after that, unfortunately, is that... He comes to her one day and is basically like, breaks up with her. He dumps her and she finds out that he is now with the um, video vixen, the woman in a music video that he was filming. And she finds out this via, I believe, an Instagram story. So he announces on social media that he's with somebody else. And he had told Manietta, like, I don't want to be monogamous anymore. So the real rub here, I mean is that he's an asshole, but also this woman was under the impression that she was in a partnership and that they were going to make decisions with regard to their reproduction and their family planning. He didn't. He goes on to have three more kids with Crystal and (laughs) it's really messy. It's really, really messy. Um, so, you know, I feel for Crystal, but I also feel like he had a family. And then here, here you are, you know, and, I, you know, I, I never want to make it seem like it's the woman's fault. Like he made the choice. He was in the relationship and he chose to step out of it or whatever. Um, but I also think you can't really be that surprised when a man has a habit of 
relationships where he is the one doing the woman wrong, you can't really be surprised if you're next in line. You know what I mean? And with that, I think that is a great transition into uh, our Beverly Hills chat, for which, like, now that I... (laughs) I'm here. I didn't take any notes. I don't really want to talk about it. I'm finding this this season to be very ick. Like in so many ways, I'm just not really finding it enjoyable. The bad part of person inside of me, honestly, the most enjoyable part of this whole season was um, Erica drunkenly uh, interrupting Diana's uh, little boy toy boyfriend, whatever, um, American Idol contestant. Um, isn't he like, he's like, if they were to do like the perfect, like if you were to type into a computer, like make me, uh, a seventh place American Idol loser, um, That would be Asher. Asher would come up. He would be, he's like the physical embodiment of somebody who gets out like in the middle of the season of American Idol or any other musical competition show. So, um, I found that to be hilarious. Probably one of the few times that I've actually open mouth laughed during Beverly Hills, like the entire series. Um, with that being said, obviously like something's going on with Erica and I just feel like Kyle, this is Kyle's weird season. Kyle's being very weird and her like insistence that Erica needs to let loose and have fun. And all of a sudden, uh, she doesn't want to talk about allegations of drinking because it makes her feel uncomfortable. But I guess we didn't care when we were screaming that to your sister in the back of a limo. Um, the, her protection of Erica is so weird. I, I just think it's very, very strange that she is harping on this. Like she deserves to have fun. No, the fuck she doesn't. She doesn't deserve to let loose. She's got all these uh, allegations against her now. And now, um, yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, now that she's facing this $50 million lawsuit and there are allegations that um, she was going to the bank to get the, uh, basically the allegations. This happened a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not sure. I'm sure you guys know, but if you don't, Um, she and Tom are hit with some pretty serious allegations in which basically from my memory, uh, Tom did what he did was promising that he was going to give, uh, a client his money through some sort of trust that went straight to Erica. I guess they've got footage of Erica going into the bank and, uh, getting this money out, withdrawing the money. And I guess part of that was that he was involved in the sale of, uh, uh, Aaron Spelling's mansion or was it Candy Spelling? One of the Spellings Mansions. Um, is Candy still alive? Is Candy still with us? I think maybe it was Aaron. It doesn't matter. One of the mansions. <laughs> and, okay, so the agency was involved in the sale of that. Um, so part of that was that he was supposed to fil- facilitate the sale of this house. And then I guess they, like, bought the house from under this guy telling him that they were going to like work on the sale, but then didn't. Obviously, I don't know all the details, but Mauricio is involved in this claim. And I think, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. 
or there's an agency hat. Maybe there's some dastardly deeds being done behind the scenes. Oh, by the way, it's just been announced that Taylor um, Armstrong, formerly of Beverly Hills, has done something that the other girls have yet to do, which is go from one franchise to the another. And it's just been announced that she will be filming season 17 of Real Housewives of Orange County, which I actually think is going to be a great fit for her. I love it. So who do we have on Orange County now? We have Tamara, Taylor, two T's and an orange. Emily and the other one, Gina, the two that should really swap names. It's very difficult for me. And Heather, do we have anybody else? No, because Jen and, and the other one got fired. Okay, so I'm liking this. Maybe we could bring in somebody else. I, I'm I'm really liking this. Um, what else can I say about Beverly Hills? Like, I, you know, again, I'm just like Team Crystal. I know we're off of that, but I do feel like I'm on her side, just generally. Um, Diana, ugh. Sutton, I'm happy for her. I'm, I'm liking seeing her awkwardly dating. <laughs> I was sad that she was alone on Christmas and calling her ex-boyfriends just to get a little port in the storm. Um, you know, obviously I'm loving Garcelle. We stand Garcelle forever. I was feeling, you know, earlier in the season, a little like disappointed in her with regard to her relationship with Crystal and how she kept coming for her. I'm hoping that they can get out on the other side of that because, you know, stronger together stronger together. And I, I think they, they make a good friendship team and a good team on the show. And I, and I would like to see that again. Um, Dorit is mad at PK because he got a DUI and then lied to her. And then she only found out because she had to pick up the car the next day. But apparently he told Maurice immediately, Mauricio immediately, um, they're two peas in a pod, two T's in a pod. Um, and she, why was she mad at him? I don't remember. See, this is boring. <laughs> There's really nothing to talk about. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, what else? Is there anything about Beverly Hills that I can talk? I don't want to talk about Diana, you know? <laughs> so therefore, there's nothing to talk about. Um, moving on to Atlanta. Loving Atlanta, you guys. I'm really, really loving it. I'm hating... <sighs> Marlo, I like, I just don't know which way is up with Marlo. I can't make heads or tails of her. I just like, I don't know what she's doing. I think this whole situation with Michael and William, her nephews is very, you know, like I'm seeing both sides of this. I'm understanding how bringing two kids when you don't have uh, the uh, foundation of being a parent already is probably extremely overwhelming. And, you know, whatever they've had to deal with with their mother, it's probably just been a lot for her. And I can understand why she would want to take a month off from them. But also, if you make the commitment, like everybody's been saying, if you make the commitment to parent these children, you need to commit until the end. And Parents don't have the luxury of taking 30 days off from their children and giving them to a sister and then, you know, trying to work through it and like take a little break. And both of those things are um, valid, I believe. I'm about to say something that is going to shake the table just a little bit. I like Sonia. Okay. I like her. I like her on the show. I think that, yes, yeah, she absolutely does too much, but in a way that like, it doesn't bother me in the way that, um, it did with uh, homegirl from orange, Ca Noella from orange County last year, or, 
Um. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Who else do I think did a little too much? Mia from Potomac. There, I think there is a very, very fine line of doing too much and doing the most. I think Sonia's doing too much. I think Noella and... Um, uh, Mia were doing the most at times and I understand like a lot of people aren't fucking with Sonia and I get it but I I see a lot to her and I do recognize that there are times where it does seem like she's siding with you know the popular girls the winning team and you know throwing <laughs> Drew <laughs> under the bus but I don't know something about Drew and Shannon Bedore I have similar feelings that, that they have kind of a Jan Brady energy. You know what I mean? There's something a little bit beta, but I think with Drew, a lot of that is self-inflicted. Like the way she doesn't quite have answers for anything, especially when it comes to her company and how successful they are, like, and her relationship with Ralph. Um, I just feel like she really shoots herself in the foot a lot of the times. And that's why in some ways she doesn't bother me, but in a lot of ways she does. But I think she makes for good television. And I think that Sonia like really goes for her in a way that is confusing, but also entertaining for me. And that's just my truth. You guys know I'm not that great of a person. You know that. <clears throat> Speaking of not great people, let's move into my thoughts about Southern Charm. Oh my God, you guys, why am I watching it? <laughs> Why am I watching it? You know, the season started off. Here's here's some uncomfortable and unfortunate truths that we have to tell about Southern Charm. Let's just break it down. Starting with Shep. Okay, I have long since. I mean, we all know the Shep is in like the Peter Pan Hall of Fame, Peter Pan Syndrome Hall of Fame. Um, we're seeing him this season deal with his relationship with a much younger Taylor. We now know that in real time they have broken up and, um, you know, it's because they wanted different things. We're seeing this happen on the show. She is ready to settle down, get married, think about having kids. And his big ass 42 year old self is like still kind of acting like this is a potential, but not. Now I did see somebody on TikTok who was recently, uh, watching for the first time Southern Charm and she brought up a point that I think maybe we need to give Shep a little bit credit of credit in the fact that she said that 
I'm paraphrasing. People are basically trying to make Shep be somebody that he's not. And I agree with that to a certain extent, but I also feel like Shep is kind of flirting with this. Oh, maybe one day I'll want to have kids. Maybe one day I'll want to get married. Probably not, but maybe. And um, the idea that, that, Somebody brought this up. I think, I don't know if it was Craig or Austin that was like, well, don't you feel like you might be basically wasting Taylor's time? And he's like, I resent that. What about like all the fun times that we had in our relationship, right? Wrong. I I have to say that I disagree with that. I do feel like people are trying to make Austin or um, Shep somebody he's not. But I also feel like he's not really... um, helping with that either. Um, I don't think, I think it's a little selfish to be like, well, what about all the good times we did have? Because she's having those good times with you under the, um, hopes that you are going to be this person who she thinks that you might want to be because you keep dropping hints, but ultimately, you know, deep down inside, you're not going to be, which is a problem. Um, I, also feel, and this is something that I've been kicking around in my head, so it might not make sense, that when it comes to relationships, that the person who has the upper hand ultimately needs to make the choice that ending the relationship. It is ultimately their responsibility. If you're in a situation where your partner wants something that you can't give them, whether it's a ring, a child, a commitment to not having sex with other people, whatever it is that they want that you're not going to give them. And you need to end things and be very clear and not just keep them around because you like them and you're getting what you want out of it. You need to end it because ultimately they're not getting themselves out of it and they think that there's a chance in hell that you might change because you're still around. You know what I mean? Like, I personally think it is on the person who is not able to give their all to end the relationship because that other person's not going to do it more often than not. Because just your presence is a light at the end of the tunnel for them. You know what I mean? So you got to put your foot down. Um, so I feel like that's really what was happening with, with Shep and Taylor. Um, but yeah, he's also like kind of mean to her. And I don't like this, like Craig brought up a great point of, okay, you did cheat on her. You, he was dropping some serious hints that he continues to cheat on her. And Shep wants to make it seem like every time I go out of town, Taylor just gets crazy for no reason when the fact is you cheated on her. So this is a trigger for her. And it's not just that time, not just the one time, you guys, (laughs) not just the one time she has every right to feel that way. Everybody knows that she has every right to feel this way. So I'm not even trying to get onto this narrative that like Shep is in the right on this. Um, Austin, loser. Loser behavior, loser energy, loser vibe, loser lifestyle. 
Just as an aside, I'm not going to put this on Austin, but the fact that they are making such a big deal out of his parents moving out of their, his childhood home, I don't care. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? They made a lot of like, there are a lot of talking heads about all the memories he had and trips down memory lane. And like, I'm sorry, like, is it cold to say like, okay, sure. I'm sure it's sad to move out of your childhood home, but like, I haven't been to your home. We, we've only been to that house maybe once, twice, maybe in the kitchen for a couple minutes. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) And that makes me say like, okay, this season really doesn't have anything going for it because is that the emotional moment that we're getting him moving out of his house that we've never been to? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, uh, oh, but he's a loser (laughs) to circle back. He's a loser and he's so jealous of Craig. He is so jealous of Craig and this is really the only thing that's keeping me uh watching this show is trying to see him navigate his way out of jealousy he's so jealous and so a Shep it is so funny it is so funny to watch and also his like entitlement Austin's entitlement to other people's personal information is so weird and obviously it goes without saying his relationship with Madison is just like wild um who said Olivia girl oh (laughs) Olivia um is her name I don't like her I hate the way she treated Vanita and it's on site for me with her she is stereotypical southern conservative uh racist who doesn't want to talk about racism and I just ugh Ugh. The fact that she sat in Vanita's face and was like more offended that racism's the I, I can't even remember. The, so she was more offended that Vanita would call out racism than the fact that Vanita had racism enacted upon her. I mean, disgusting. The fact that she won't invite Vanita to her little oyster a shucking party and yet she invited Madison and you know she's like I just don't want drama and then she's acting like Vanita is like this evil person for standing up for herself and for not wanting to uh necessarily be friends with uh Catherine because she was racist and 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 Olivia has the nerve to act like this is like something that is wrong with Vanita it is truly I mean, I'm not surprised, but it's like, ugh, it's vile. And I'm really not liking Leva. I feel like Leva, you know, really did some uh, powerful things last season. But honestly, like, I think she got so beat up on the internet. And that's not the time where you now in the other season act like you don't want to be part of the drama. And like, you don't want to have these conversations about race. And like, I just want everybody and Vanita and Vanita, can you just be nice? And like, you know, all this stuff, like she's being just like Olivia now. And I, I feel really badly for Vanita because her only ally is Madison and Madison will uh, throw her under the bus too. And it's, it's really, really a shame. Um, yeah, Craig is somehow the hero of the show just because Austin and Shep are bad. Um, every time Pringle pops up on camera, I'm like, oh, he's still here. (laughs) And I kind of feel like everybody on the cast is feeling the same way. Um, Naomi. Okay. I mean, do we have anything to talk about other than the fact that she and Craig hooked up? 
Because it seems like maybe not. Maybe not. Oh my god, the issue with... What's going on with Caleb and Catherine? Caleb, are we all of the understanding that Caleb is just like wanting to be on television and is just like white knuckling his way through this relationship with Catherine in order to get a mic pack on his back? Like, because that's really what it's seeming like, in the, especially in the last episode where he... He and Catherine are broken up, but we find out that a couple days ago they had gotten back together. And then they're at this oyster party. Catherine and Naomi have beef with each other. And Caleb decides to go have this conversation with Naomi. Because he basically acts like uh, like an escaped uh, prisoner <laughs> or like a kidnap, a kidnap victim goes to Naomi and tells her, I, I just don't basically like I don't know what I'm doing with Catherine I don't know why I'm still with her she's so dramatic I live this happy life and Catherine wants me to not have um relationships with people that she has beef with but that list of people that she has beef with is out you know (laughs) crosses the entire Ravenel bridge and like this is just not how my life is and so Naomi's like first of all I don't know why you're telling me all of this uh secondly why are you back together with her if this is how you feel about her because it kind of sounds like you don't like her at all (laughs) and so Naomi started off by being diplomatic and was just like well you know if you feel this way you know I guess I just don't understand why you're with her and then he does some like bullshit hero thing about how well I just feel like I could change her I feel like if she's in my life, then maybe I can change her, like, whatever. So then Naomi makes a mistake of being like, no, like, you really need to get out of this. It sounds like you're miserable, blah, blah, blah. So then he turns around and goes back to Catherine and tells her, Naomi's really acting like a bitch and she's trying to manipulate me into breaking up with you, blah, blah, blah. Why did you? He's weird. Like, that was very weird. Snake-like weirdo behavior. Chatty patty behavior. And... At that moment, I was like, okay, what are we doing here? Because he's really trying to be like, I'm the nice guy who came in to save her, like, uh, on some, like, Jason Hoppy shit. And um, there's something weird about him or something. And it's not just the fact that his name is spelled S or C-H-L-E-M and it's pronounced Caleb. Okay. It's not just that. Um, I don't like him. Is there anybody else that I want to talk about? No. Okay, thank you guys. I felt like there was something that I really wanted to say, but now I'm blanking. Well, since I can't think of what it was, we'll just end it on Austin Kroll's a loser. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. <laughs> Love you.